Live from historic downtown Carlisle, Pennsylvania, home of founding father James Wilson, 19th century hymn writer George Duffield, 19th century gospel minister George Norcross, and sports legend Jim Thorpe. It's Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a radio platform in which pastors, Christian scholars, and theologians address the burning issues facing the church and the world today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 tells us iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew Henry said that in this passage, we are cautioned to take heed with whom we converse and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. It is our hope that this goal will be accomplished over the next two hours, and we hope to hear from you, the listener, with your own questions. And now, here's your host, Chris Arnson. Good afternoon, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, Lake City, Florida, and the rest of humanity living on the planet Earth. We're listening via live streaming at ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Chris Arnson, your host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, wishing you all a happy Thursday on the second day of March 2023. I'm thrilled to have back a returning guest on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. In fact, not only is he a returning guest, he is now a uh, featured monthly guest and also a sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. His name is A.M. Brewster. He's president of Evermind Ministries, a biblical counselor, an author, podcaster, and conference speaker. And today we're going to be addressing a very vital theme within the body of Christ, the nature of biblical unity. And it's my honor and privilege to welcome you back to Iron Sharpen Zion Radio, A.M. Brewster. Thanks a lot, Chris. I am very excited about today's topic. It is something that has just been permeating my life as of late. Amen. Well, uh, for the sake of our listeners who perhaps were not tuned in the days that you've been on, tell our listeners about Evermind Ministries. Yeah, so Evermind Ministries was started back in 2007, and uh, it has slowly grown over the years to become a broader and broader, uh, I call it a family of ministries. Uh, The idea is that um, these individual little ministries in the broader Evermind Ministries uh, are designed to help keep God's Word at the center of the human experience. So there are a lot of human experiences we have. Uh, That's why uh, Truth Love Family was created, to keep God's Word at the center of the family experience. Specifically, you know, we deal a lot with parenting, um, but we uh, also work uh, with uh, children to know, understand um, how they are supposed to fit in the family, and uh, we deal with marriage and all the topics that affect the family. Then there's the year-long celebration of God that focuses primarily on uh, our personal discipleship with the Lord, uh, deals with the concept of worship, uh, what that really is in uh, in terms of um, the Christian life. And uh, it's really more about me personally, you personally, uh, following along with the year-long celebration of God as we grow in Christ. However, oftentimes uh, we have issues where we need help. We need help from the outside. And Faith Tree Biblical Counseling and Discipleship is our uh, our can- uh, crisis counseling uh, side of things. Uh, people come to us uh, who are struggling with addictions and um, uh, really big issues in their lives. And then um, A.M. Brewster Ministries is the 
is how, where I go out and I speak and I preach and I uh, travel uh, and connect people with God's Word in that way. So those are kind of an overview of the various ministries that are all part of Evermind Ministries. And I know one of your websites is truthloveparent.com, truthloveparent.com. Any other URLs that you care to offer? Yeah, so truthloveparent.com was the first, and right now is kind of the, the hub. We're, we're working on evermindministries.com and so on and so forth. But uh, the celebration, or sorry, celebrationofgod.com is another a website you guys should definitely check out. And because you guys are listening to this show, I want to encourage you to go to truthloveparent.com forward slash iron. And there you'll see all of uh, my conversations with Chris, both the, the past ones and this present one. And uh, what I have there for you is a bunch of related resources. We can't always talk about everything we want to talk about in the, the span of the show. So a ton of other related resources for you to dig deeper into the concepts that we're talking about today. Great. And uh, today, as I even mentioned in the introduction to the program, the nature of biblical unity uh, obviously, that major theme could involve many things. It could involve uh, marital relationships, uh, parental relationships with children. It could involve relationships or unity or disunity within specific congregations. Uh, it can also involve the, the the tension that exists where churches may be too free with unity, where they are linking arms and having ecumenical relationships with organizations that actually deny the gospel. Or you could have, on the other end of the spectrum, churches that have become islands unto themselves, uh, very cultic in their behavior towards other churches and congregations, uh, may even warn people in the congregation never to visit any other church. So you, you have those opposite ends of the spectrum, and you have many varying degrees of unity or disunity in between those two. So what, what was the main issue that you uh, were interested in discussing today? It might be all of them for all I know, but uh, where <laughs> yes. Do- so I think the truths that we're going to talk about today literally could apply to every single one of the things you just mentioned. I do want to deal with specifics. Like, So if any of your listeners want to run a write-in and have specific questions about unity in any of those contexts that you brought up, I'd love to talk about that. But uh, in lieu of that, uh, I do want to really talk about some big-picture concepts which will apply to unity across the board. I will say that for me personally, um, the this started as a result of two concepts. One of them was, um, you know, I've, I've moved around a lot. And in the past decade or so, I have heard so many calls to unity uh, from the pulpit. Um, this is oftentimes this comes when, you know, we've lost a pastor, he's moved on for whatever reason, and we're getting a new pastor. And there's, uh, and there's always this, you know, we, we need to be unified, we need to be unified. But very very often, the details of that, really, uh, they don't go into too much uh, detail about that. Um, and then, in addition to that, uh, I have recently put together an online course, uh, which will be available to all Iron Sharpens Iron listeners if uh, they go to truthloveparent.com forward slash iron uh, at a significant discount. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but it's a it's a it's an online course about family unity, how to achieve biblical family unity. So that's been a big focus of mine. I've been traveling and speaking on that topic and putting together this online course. So that's kind of the genesis of this for me. Uh, recently has been just this, uh, this the talk that people have uh, about unity 
Uh, I mean, even the world today, you know, and our, our politicians, they always, you know, they, a new president gets voted in and we're talking about how we need to be unified. Um, and, and, and you hear it a lot in Christian circles talking about unity, but very rarely are we talking about uh, the context of that unity. So actually, it, this might sound strange, but I really want to, I want to, I want this to be a freeing conversation. And I have three goals for today that I really want in the big picture. Number one, I want us all to achieve some level of freedom from the pursuit of what I'm going to call perfect unity. Um, if we're pursuing that on this earth, we're never going to achieve it and it's going to drive us crazy. And we're probably going to be, we'll probably sin in the process if we're not careful. Uh, secondly, uh, I want to give us freedom from the shallow concepts of Christian unity. We want to talk about what real Christian unity is and what it isn't. And then the third one is I want to give us freedom from the angst that comes from what I call the spectrum of functional unity. Um, but there's a lot of angst involved with that because we just don't know where we stand oftentimes. And I want to kind of free us from that angst. So free us from the pursuit of perfect unity, free us from the shallow concepts of Christ, this idea of Christian unity, um, and then free us from the angst that comes from this spectrum of unity that we're all uh, engaged in on a daily basis. That's kind of uh, the, the main goals, obviously, and then answer any questions that may come up from your listeners. So do you want to jump right in or you want to yeah, throw in your or? Well, let's just jump right in. Well, actually, let me give our email address to our listeners in the event that they have questions of their own. ChrisArnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state, and your country of residence. Only remain anonymous if your question involves a personal and private matter. And I know that whenever we have a counselor on the program, that seems to lend itself uh, for people who want to remain anonymous to ask questions because they often do involve personal, private, intimate kind of things. So we understand that, and we'll grant your request to remain anonymous. But please, if it's a general question on what the Bible has to say about unity, a theological question, a doctrinal question, uh, please give us your first name at least, your city and state, and your country of residence. Uh, There's a key word in your theme that you have chosen, the nature of biblical unity, because you have those on the one side uh, of the spectrum, the more left-leaning side. Uh, Unity is desired, it seems, between anybody uh, who will have some kind of respectful, tolerant attitude towards the differences that exist with those seeking to be unified. And they think that unity is more important than biblical truth. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have those who are actually denying the brotherhood and sisterhood of true Christians over issues that are of secondary or tertiary or even lower on the rung of the ladder of importance of seriousness. Uh, So tell us uh, right off the bat uh, about some of those things that involve the very nature of biblical unity. Yeah, well, first of all, um, I just want to, the very first freedom I want to give us is this uh, idea of this freeing us from this pursuit of perfect unity. The reality is on this earth, it is impossible for us to be perfectly unified. And when I say perfectly unified, I mean point for point unified with every, not just point for point unified with people, but 
but unified with all people. It can't happen. It won't happen. And if you really want to go a little bit more extreme with this concept, even in eternity, there won't be perfect unity. Yes, those of us who are Christians with Christ for all eternity will be perfectly unified with him. It'll be an amazing thing, but there will be billions of billions of lost souls separated from God for all eternity in hell. And there is no unity with those people. They're just as much alive as we are, uh, though that's an eternal death. Um, And there is no unity with them. So, I mean, there really is, uh, outside of the Godhead, uh, this, this concept of perfect unity, this, this all-encompassing unity with all people at all times and all ways is an impossibility, and the people who are pursuing it are not pursuing a, a biblical unity. Well, let me ask you something to clarify that. Uh, you, made sure. it, you made it clear that there will be no unity between those in heaven and those in hell, but will there not be perfect unity for all those who are saved? with Christ for eternity. There's not going to be any reason for tears. Uh, There's not going to be anything involving sin. Uh, uh, Pride will evaporate. Uh, So where would there be any cause for alarm uh, for those who believe that there will be perfect unity in heaven? Well, and... And this is going to be a little bit of a a semantics game, and I definitely don't want to play that, but it's important to define our terms. I really came up with this term of perfect unity to describe an impossibility, and I'll use the the Trinity as as the best example of this. Um, If we are going to define perfect unity as a point-for-point identical nature, right, it is – we're not just – we're not just unified, we are identical to the degree that there is there are no differences between us whatsoever. Well, that's not even true in the the, the, the Trinity. Uh, though God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all one God, there is uh, there is a distinction in their role, there's a distinction in their in their personality. They so are they are co equal and co eternal, however. Exactly. Very true. Yes, hundred percent uh, yep, hundred percent agree with that. Uh, and yet they're in function. The Spirit submits to the Son, the Son submits to the Father, the Father was not the one who died on the cross, the Son was, so on and so forth. Uh, and so if we're demanding that we be identical, if that is our understanding of perfect unity, it will never be achieved. But if we want to soften our terminology and we want to picture a sinless unity, a beautiful, wonderful perfect in the sense that it's exactly what it should be unity, we will definitely achieve that in glory with God for all eternity, and I look forward to it. Amen. So where in the whole realm of unity would you like to begin as far as the specific area of life where Christians should be seeking unity and trying to repair, by the grace of God, disunity? Great question. Before I jump into that too specifically, there's, there's just three more things I want to share really quickly about all unity in general. Sure. This is this is true of all unity, and and the um and this is this is just important that we use this uh, in our jobs, in our churches, in our families, whether we're interacting with believers or unbelievers. Okay, unity really does require, uh, despite what I just said earlier, uh, unity does require similarity. I'm going to illustrate these points momentarily. Unity requires similarity. Uh, to some degree or another. Unity also requires specificity, and unity requires separation. 
This last one we're going to talk about a little bit more uh, later, but for right now, I want to just illustrate this idea of unity requiring similarity and specificity. I'm going to use an illustration. I, I went back and forth about the wisdom of this particular illustration because uh, it's probably a lot of your audience members aren't going to resonate with it. But if you have any beekeepers out there, they're going to be like, what? A beekeeping illustration? I can't believe it. And they'll be so tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else, stick with me here. You'll get where I'm going. I'm a beekeeper. I've been keeping bees for over 10 years, right? I love keeping bees. And the moment that I meet another beekeeper, right? And that information is exchanged. We're beekeepers. There is a unity that we experience, all right? It's similar if you have a favorite uh, basketball team. It's similar if you graduated from a university or somebody else, right? Uh, there's that similarity and we feel unified. We're relating to that person on that way. However, the more detailed, the more specific I become, there's opportunities for increasing unity or increasing disunity. For example, I start telling people that I don't, uh, I'm, I'm a Langstroth 10 frame uh, equipment user, right? And uh, well, the people who aren't Langstroth 10 frame equipment user, people who use top bar hives or people who use other hives, well, all of a sudden I don't have as much unity with them as I do the people who use the Langstroth uh, 10, 10 frames. Um, when I go a step further and I tell people that um, my, that I don't use deeps, Right, that blows most people's mind. I learned to beekeep in Illinois, and the Illinois super, the medium super, is what I use. And so the people who don't use mediums are like, "Oh, I don't. How does that work?" Right? But the people who use mediums, there's a deepening uh, unity there between us. Now, what's really funny is I can tell people that I don't use chemicals in my hive. I can tell people all sorts of things. I can tell people that my preferred species of bee is the carniolan. Right. But you know the thing, if I'm on a beekeeping, like a Facebook page or whatever else, the thing that has gotten the most disunity, the thing that I tell people about how I keep bees that really seems to bother people more than anything else is that when I keep bees, I don't use a veil. I don't use gloves. I don't use a bee suit. I always just go out there wow. wearing whatever I'm wearing. And for some reason, that just gets under some beekeepers' skins. It gets under their veils, right? It's a bee in their bonnet, and they just annoys them. It's funny. Like, we're beekeepers. We love using the same bees. We use the same equipment. But the fact that I don't go out there with that protection on bothers them. And all of a sudden, the unity is broken. Is that because of jealousy over your courage? (laughs) (laughs) I know. know, I've tried to figure it out. I'm not really 100% certain. But maybe, maybe. so the point I'm trying to illustrate here, and I think you guys see it, is that the, the more similarity there is, the more unity there is. The more specificity there is, the more unity there is. Now, does that mean that the most similar and the most specific unity is the best types of unity? No, not necessarily, because unity does require separation. We're going to talk about that. So with that concept in mind, that, that's all unity across the board, right? It requires those three things. Let's jump into this idea of Christian unity. Let's let's work on our second goal today of kind of saving us from these shallow concepts of what it means uh, to be unified as Christians. Now, I do want to say that you know I grew up uh, in fundamental Baptist independent uh, um, circles. I I still consider myself to be an independent fundamental Baptist. All right, um, that's that's where I am because I'm you know I, I believe that you know in the fundamentals, and so it's. It's interesting that, you know, we became really good separatists. You know, that there was the ecumenical movement where you had all the, you know, these, these professing Christians uh, siding up for the sake of the gospel, even though that's impossible with, with Catholics and with Muslims and with others, other ecumenical movement, people coming together and praying and so on and so forth. Uh, and we separatists uh, did a really good job of separating from that. The problem is, is that in human nature, 
once you start separating from things, it's hard to stop. <laughs> and, uh, and we eventually got to the point where we had, we had no one left to separate from but ourselves. And so we just started separating from ourselves. And we kind of became split personality in the process because once I'm separated from everyone else in the world, the only person left to separate from is, is myself, literally. And uh, that's kind of where a lot, of, uh, a lot of people ended up, especially in the 80s and 90s. Um, so we want to have we want to understand this biblical balance of what how do we unify and how do we disunify how do we detach from people, and so in my study uh, of the scriptures specifically as it relates to family unity, but again this is true um, of all people, um, I, I, I turn to the book of Ephesians. Families come to me as, as a biblical counselor. They come to me because there is disunity. And we know why there's disunity. We know that sin separates. We know that sin causes division, right? And we and so these families come to me. They're divided. They're broken. They want help. And family unity is always one of the things we focus on or is one of the, the, the blessings of dealing with the sin, uh, sin issues. And every single time, nearly every single time, this family and I are going to go to the book of Ephesians. Because the book of Ephesians is a fan, excuse me, a fantastic uh, book for many, many reasons. Um, but it deals with this concept of unity. In fact, uh, kind of one of the, the middle chapters in, in chapter four has this, that, that beautiful passage everyone's familiar with. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and all and all, right? It's, it's this beautiful, it's this hinge spot uh, talking about unity. And so working through and studying through the book of Ephesians, I started to see a number of requirements for being unified in Christ. And I call these, these the foundational requirements. This is foundational unity. This is what it means, biblically speaking, to be unified in Christ. And there are six things. I'll go through them. I'll just name them off. We can talk about them as questions come in or as we have opportunity. But from the book of Ephesians, we see that true unity in Christ requires redemption. If we have not been redeemed by God, there is not unity in Christ. There can't be. We have to be in Christ to be unified in him. Number two, new life. We see that in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. This new life that God gives us enables us to be unified with others who have this new life in Christ. But it's more than that. Unity isn't just I'm saved and I live however I want. No, there's, there's submission. There's submission to who God is. He's our king. He's our Lord. He's our savior. And there's the submission to him that is required for a Christian uh, to be unified with other Christians. I can't be unified with another Christian who is not submitting to God. Now, as we all know, Paul gets more and more and more specific as he works through the book. And as we get into chapter four, we start seeing this concept of cooperation. You know, after what I just read, we talk about how there are the you know, pastors and teachers and they have their job in the body. And the rest of us, what are we doing? We're speaking the truth in love. We're building each other up. We're cooperating together as each of us is being fitted and held together by the joints. And we're growing up uh, in the body and being built up in love into the head who's, who is Christ, right? So this cooperation as we are working together to be who God wants us to be, as we're working together to submit to him, we are becoming more unified. And then there's imitation. It goes on to chapter 5 talking about be imitators of God, right? Um, specifically, what are, we, what are we submitting to? What are we cooperating in? We are called to imitate Christ. As we are sanctified and grow in him, we will become more, uh, more unified. 
And, you know, most people following with me through there, they're tracking. They get it. They're like, yeah, I see it. If you're not born again, if you don't have new life in Christ, if you're not submitting to God by cooperating together as we're all imitating Christ, there is no foundational unity in Christ. But here's the one that throws people off. Number six, unity in Christ requires war. It requires it. And obviously, we're familiar with the wartime uh, analogies and the language in Ephesians chapter 6. But the reality is this. If I am unified with Christ, I am against. I, am not, I must not be unified with the things that he is not unified with. That's sin, Satan, the world system. That's everything that stands against who God is. And that's what goes back to those, those points I made earlier about all unity requires similarity, specificity, but it also requires separation. You basketball players, right, you, you you have your favorite teams, you unify together against the other teams. Those of us who experienced 9-11 recognized the unifying effect that that conflict had, but we weren't just unifying together, we were unifying against something else. And that is inherent in all in all unity, but specifically in the foundational unity in Christ. And this is where... The, you know, the people who are get swept into the ecumenical movement, these, these people who have this idea that we are just, we're just supposed to tolerate everyone and everyone just be unified, they're missing a really key biblical concept that unity in Christ requires us to be at war with other things. And that's, that's something I think is uh, severely lacking in our understanding of this foundational Christian unity. Well, we have a uh, first question from a listener who... Uh, has obviously become a huge fan of yours, uh, Brother Brewster. And I think you'll recognize the name since he seems to email a question every time you're on. Ramon in Taguig City in Metro Manila in the Philippines. And once again, Ramon, if I am mispronouncing Taguig, please let me know. Um, By the way, Ramon and I have recently started playing chess together on uh, chess.com, and I'm pretty certain he's going to beat me in this first game. I'm just saying. Well, that, uh, he made that evident because one of his uh, comments in this uh, email is, let him know that it's his move on chess.com. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, he says, if perfect unity is not possible here on earth, does that mean Jesus's prayer in John seventeen twenty one failed. Oh, definitely not. Great question, though. Uh, in the high priestly prayer, Jesus is you know praying that we would be one, as He and the Father are one. But as we already established, Jesus and the Father are one, perfectly co-equal. Yes, God. And I don't want to again. I don't want to uh, risk heresy by. Uh, by means of trying to um, make clear what we're saying here, but uh, God the Son is God. God the Father is God. We recognize that, and uh, the complexities of the Trinity and the different personalities is something that we cannot conceive of, okay? I want to put that out there right off the bat. Um, But Jesus Christ is not the Father in that Jesus Christ had a different role. Jesus Christ uh, has a different... um, Part in the sanct- in the in the justification process, and and he is a unique personality, uh, dissimilar from the Father, though co-equal with him. All right, and this again, this is something our brains don't completely understand. So as Jesus prayed to the Father, may they be unified, may they be one as we are one. Um, he was requesting the most perfect thing. Uh, the the best unity we have is going to 
contain diversity. That's something I really hope to talk about a little bit later in the show. Unity does contain diversity. God created it that way. It's a good thing. Now, that doesn't, so that diversity keeps us from striving to be identical. You have to dress like me, talk like me, listen to the music I listen to, part your hair on the same side I part my hair, whatever the case may be. That's not what God was calling us to. And the people who are, who are looking for that being identical, that view unity as being identical, those people are not understanding that to which God has called us. So no, Christ's high priestly prayer definitely has come to fruition as we are unified in Christ, these foundational concepts I just listed out uh, doesn't require, you know, um, absolute uh, being identical, um, but we still are unified in our diversity. And I want to make uh, it make, want to make certain to our listeners. I'm sure you uh, believe that there is perfect unity in the Godhead, and, Amen. and that there are Christians who perpetuate a heretical understanding of the differences between the persons of the Godhead where you almost have a scenario where the Godhead is playing a good cop, bad cop. You have God the Father being bad cop and Jesus Christ being the good cop. Uh, Somehow they have different... uh, desires for an outcome but Jesus straightens out the father because he's more merciful and loving and and tender and compassionate and forgiving but that's that's a completely heretical understanding of the godhead Oh, amen, definitely. And I, I recognize that any number of things I've said today could be misunderstood or misconstrued, and I, we definitely don't want that. Um, I'm talking about the inappropriate thought that unity demands that we be identical. That is not, it's not a biblical concept at all. Uh, that would not be, if that's your definition of perfect unity, the God doesn't even have that. But true, what we'll call perfect unity, unity without disunity, uh, doesn't require that we be identical. It requires that we be unified in what truly matters. And obviously the Godhead is the perfect example of that, and we Christians are called to have similar unity amongst ourselves. Well, uh, by the way, uh, Alexander in Goldenrod, Florida, please be patient. We'll get to your question right away when we return from our first commercial break. And if anybody would like to get in line behind Alexander, our email address is chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, city and state. And country of residence, only remain anonymous if your question is personal and private. Don't go away. We'll be right back with A.M. Brewster right after these messages from our sponsors. James White of Alpha Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. 
there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson, I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, on the sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron radio exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. President of the SecureCom Group and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com 
Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. Try it, TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies, if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. Check out the vast array of all-natural, handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Armson and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to standardbeardcare.com, where the standard is the standard. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award-winning podcast, I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com. Today at thousands of community centers, high schools, middle schools, juvenile institutions, coffee shops, and local hangouts, Long Island Youth for Christ, staff and volunteers meet with young people who need Jesus. We are rural and urban, and we are always about the message of Jesus. Our mission is to have a noticeable spiritual impact on Long Island, New York, by engaging young people in the lifelong journey of following Christ. Long Island Youth for Christ has been a stalwart bedrock ministry since 1959. We have a world-class staff and a proven track record of bringing consistent love and encouragement to youths in need all over the country and around the world. Help honor our history by becoming a part of our future. Volunteer, donate, pray, or all of the above. For details, call Long Island Youth for Christ at 631-385-8333. That's 631-385-8333. Or visit liyfc.org. That's liyfc.org. Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005. The publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President and Professor of Systematic and Homiletical Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Taylor, South Carolina. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck White at the First Trinity Lutheran Church in Tonawanda, New York. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. 
I'm Pastor Anthony Mathenia of Christ Church in Radford, Virginia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Justin Miller of Damascus Road Christian Church in Gardnerville, Nevada, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Bruce Bennett of Word of Truth Church in Farmingville, Long Island, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Rodney Brown of Metro Bible Church in South Lake, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jim Harrison of Red Mills Baptist Church in Mayapack Falls, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebris Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest and buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie All in 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Solid Ground Christian Books is a publisher and book distributor who takes these words of the Prince of Preachers to heart. The mission of Solid Ground Christian Books is to bring back treasures of the past to minister to Christians in the present and future, and to publish new titles that address burning issues in the church and the world. Since its beginning in 2001, Solid Ground has been committed to publish God-centered, Christ-exalting books for all ages. We invite you to go treasure hunting at solid-ground-books.com. That's solid-ground-books.com and see what priceless literary gems from the past or present you can unearth from Solid Ground. Solid Ground Christian Books is honored to be a weekly sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, please make solid-ground-books.com your very first stop for all your gift-giving needs. Uh, They bring back into print and publish 
for the first time nothing but the finest in Christian literature dating back to the Protestant Reformation and extending forward to our current day, including such modern-day authors as Dr. James R. White of Alpha and Omega Ministries. So please visit solid-ground-books.com frequently and purchase generously, always mentioning that you heard about them from Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. We are now back with our guest today, A.M. Brewster, and we are discussing the nature of biblical unity. And as I mentioned, we had we have a listener, Alexander, in Goldenrod, Florida, who's actually writing to us from Orlando, Florida. And I might as well tell you who he is. I normally don't do this, but since he heads a very important ministry, and I know Alexander personally, uh, I want to give him a plug. Uh, he is uh, the president of VesselsForChrist.org, VesselsForChrist.org, and I hope that all of you look that up and take advantage of that ministry and support that ministry in any way you can. And Alexander writes, My wife and I have known a professing Christian for almost two years. After examining this person's life and the fruits of their life, we suspect they may not be a true believer. According to the scriptures, we know there is nothing wrong with calling out someone who may be a false professor of the faith, but we would like to do this in a sensitive and God-honoring way. My question is, what is A.M. Brewster's advice regarding this situation? That's a great question. It's a necessary question. It's a... it's a situation I actually find myself in a lot. I think you know, when I was growing up, it was very taboo to ever question or call into question another person's profession of faith. Um, I think easy believism, you know, was sweeping the nation at the time, and the idea that you know, just you pray to prayer, you did this one thing, you're done, you, you know, you know, you're going to heaven, and that was all it took. Uh, really, was something that was out there for quite a bit. In fact. Um, when I was working at Victory Academy for Boys, I was talking with some young men who had come up to be mentored, and I mentioned this exact topic we're talking about your, that your question's bringing up. And uh, one of the guys just like, I just kind of just recoiled at the idea that you might actually suggest to a person who professes to be a Christian that maybe they're not. Um, but, you know, my friends, we, we have to. Um, I think the perfect example is the Apostle John. You know, John, we picture John as being the, the one of the sweet ones, right? The one who reclined on Jesus' breast, the, the, the friend of God, and one of the inner three, right? Uh, but John's, John's first letter, uh, well, actually, well, I should say first John, that is, uh, is really so incredibly... Um, Harsh, if I want to put it that way. I mean, multiple times in that letter, he just reaches out and calls people liars. He said, if, and basically it boils down to the fact that if you believe you're born again, but your life gives evidence to the fact that you are not, because, you know, we know from the book of James that, you know, it's not just about, you know, faith will produce works, period. We don't work our way into salvation, but if we are born again, we will work out our salvation. And so, and John says, if you believe that you have a relationship with God, but you don't have those works of repentance, um, you're a liar. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to everyone else you, you tell. And so I don't generally uh, suggest that approach. I don't, I don't recommend going up to your friend saying, you're a liar. Um, but what I do recommend is this. Um, I I've many times have um, have been working with people, and I, first of all, I, just, I want them to know that I love them. Uh, I said that unity requires war. But uh, Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that our enemy is not flesh and blood. This person uh, is, not, uh, is not your enemy, right? Um, and you know that. 
But we go to this person, and hopefully they know that we love them and we have a, this this uh, relationship with them, and we just and we we couch it that way, right? I found that it's very difficult for people to be angry at you when they believe that you love them. That you know they may disagree with your conclusions, they may disagree with some of the things you say and do, but the reality is, if they honestly believe that you have their best interest in mind, that you genuinely love them, it's desperately hard uh, for them to be mad at you. So you go to this person and you just uh, you, you you share this idea and you say, "Listen, I just have some questions. I see some things in Scripture, and then I see some things in your life, and I'm just curious if you would help me to understand what I'm seeing." Now, there's no script for this, okay? There just there really isn't. But Ephesians four fifteen tells us that we speak the truth in love, wanting their best interest, uh, submitting to God, seeking only His glory. Uh, we're speaking the truth. And I think there is wisdom in, in knowing the person you're talking to. Um, as uh, the Proverbs say, I'm probably going to mess up the verse, but the idea is that the, those apples of uh, silver and or apples of gold and pictures of silver, uh, the idea of choosing the right words uh, for the moment for the person is very important. But I think if you go uh, not proclaiming you are not born again, but go asking questions, uh, go uh, bringing First John along, bringing other passages along, say, you know, the scriptures say that if we're born again, A, B, and C. Is that true in your life? Well, what about this? And, and again, keep bringing it back and re-clarifying, hey, this is not a me against you thing. I just have some questions. You can even be honest and say, you know what, I'm not perfect. I said all the time. Maybe there have been things that I've said and done in the years that you've known me that maybe have made you question my salvation. Um and, and, you know, I, I recognize that we are imperfect, but I just love you so much. The most important thing I want for you uh, is to have a relationship with God. And if it's possible um, that uh, that's not the case, uh, let's talk about it. And again, uh, I can't script it. Everyone's different. But I do believe it's an important thing to do if you honestly believe, you're looking at the scriptures, that this person that you love is not uh, born again. Uh, yeah, you should say something about it. And if you uh, conform your, your speech, uh, your communication to God's expectations uh, for your communication, you can know, even if they reject you, even if they hate you for calling their salvation into question, you can know that you did what was genuinely best for them, what was loving for them. You glorify God in what you did, regardless of how they respond. Well, I think that was an excellent answer. Thank you very much, Alexander, and uh, many blessings uh, to you with Vessels for Christ. Uh let, let me uh, allow you to give another point before we go to our midway break, uh, and then uh, we'll pick up where you left off. Well, you have about four minutes to uh, start another segment of this heading here. Yeah, great. Well, okay, so we've got the, the foundational unity, right? We understand that to be unified in Christ requires that we be born again. We've been redeemed. We have new life in him. We're submitting to him as king and lord of our lives. We're cooperating together as we're all imitating Christ, and we are warring against those things. Uh, we are unified together against the things that God um, has commanded us to stand against, which, again, flies in the face of ecumenicism and progressive Christianity that just wants us all to uh, agree to uh, you know, just you know, tolerate each other. But then I want to move into this idea of, and this is, this is that third thing I wanted to uh, kind of save us from, freedom from the angst that comes from the spectrum of functional unity. 
Foundational unity is set in stone. These things must be the case for us to be unified in Christ. Functional unity are the things that go beyond that. Okay, like I said, uh, beekeeper, another one beekeeper and I can be unified in that. But functionally speaking, if we work with different bees or we have different uh, concepts about how to treat varroa mites, right? Um, that's that's we're not going to have unity in those in those ideas. But that's okay. That's not a problem. And I guess the truth I want to put out here before we go to break is this. Um, as, a, as a conciliator, somebody who works in reconciliation and, and helping people uh, come together, mend their relationships as a biblical counselor, I constantly am talking with people about uh, biblical conflict resolution. And one of the very first steps of biblical for conflict resolution is getting our heads right, our hearts right. And one of the things that we so often just mess up is the, we don't see the beauty of disagreement. Because the reality is this, my friends, listen very carefully. Disagreement is not inherently bad. It's not. Now, yes, disagreeing with God is always a sin, right? But disagreeing in areas of liberty is not a sin. You guys can't see us right now. I can see Chris sitting at his desk, and Chris can see me. I'm wearing a, a hoodie. Maybe you pictured me in a suit and tie. I'm not. Sorry. I'm a long sleeve T-shirt and a hoodie. Uh, Chris is sitting there in a really classy button-up shirt, right? <laughs> <laughs> but... We're not dressed the same, and that's okay. Chris has uh, the liberty in Christ to wear what he's wearing, and I have liberty to wear what I'm wearing. That's a, a silly example, but the reality is there are other things. One of the, one, one of the uh, biggest arguments, not one of the biggest, but one, one of the silliest, stupidest, biggest arguments my wife and I have gotten in the past is that she is desperately passionate about washing mushrooms before they're chopped up and put into food. I don't care. It's Aaron, it has little specks of dirt on it. I don't care. But you know what? My wife and I allowed that disagreement to come between us. We had sinful conflict in our lives because we disagreed about mushrooms. That's ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing on that point. And there are so many things that there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. In fact, it's the disagreements that really uh, make us valuable. Chris has a ministry I don't have. I have a ministry Chris doesn't have. And it's maybe not our disagreements, but it's our differences that have made us good at what we do. And so disagreeing in areas of liberty is not a sin. Sinfully disagreeing on any topic, of course, is a sin. Um, that's, you know, conflict. But there, there isn't anything wrong with disagreement. Now, I'm going to stop right there. There's one other point I wanted to make about that, but let's go ahead and, uh, and get that commercial break in. Great. And uh, keep in mind, folks, this is the longer than normal break in the show. Try to respond to as many of our advertisers as you can because they keep this program on the air. Don't go away. We're going to be right back with A.M. Brewster right after these messages. James White of Alchemega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Aniel, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. 
And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org. That's g3min.org. And enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson, I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, on the sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron radio exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnzen is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission? To foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the Gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastor Bill Sasso, Grace Church at Franklin, here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Our congregation is one of a growing number of churches who love and support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio financially. Grace Church at Franklin is an independent, autonomous body of believers which strives to clearly declare the whole counsel of God as revealed in Scripture through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the end for which we strive is the glory of God. If you live near Franklin, Tennessee, and Franklin is just south of Nashville, maybe 10 minutes, or you are visiting this area, or you have friends and loved ones nearby, we hope you will join us some Lord's Day in worshiping our God and Savior. Please feel free to contact me if you have more questions about Grace Church at Franklin. Our website is gracechurchatfranklin.org. 
That's gracechurchatfranklin.org. This is Pastor Bill Sasser wishing you all the richest blessings of our sovereign Lord, God, Savior, and King Jesus Christ today and always. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award-winning podcast, I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com. As host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, I frequently get requests from listeners for church recommendations. A church I've been strongly recommending as far back as the 1980s is Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey, pastored by Alan Dunn. Grace Covenant Baptist Church believes it's God's prerogative to determine how He shall be worshipped and how He shall be represented in the world. They believe churches need to turn to the Bible to discover what to include in worship and how to worship God in spirit and truth. Grace Covenant Baptist Church endeavors to maintain a God-centered focus, reading, preaching, and hearing the Word of God, Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, and communion are the scriptural elements of their corporate worship, performed with faith, joy, and sobriety. Discover more about Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey at gcbcnj.squarespace.com. That's gcbcnj.squarespace.com. Or call them at 908 908- Nine nine six seven six five four. That's nine zero eight nine nine six seven six five four. Tell Pastor Dunn that you heard about Grace Covenant Baptist Church on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Hi, I'm Buzz Taylor. Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio has had a long-time partnership with our friends at CVBBS, which stands for Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. They specialize in supplying Reformed and Puritan books and Bibles at discount prices that make them affordable for everyone. CVBBS has been a family-owned book service since 1987, operating out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They seek to bring you the best available Christian books and Bibles at the best possible prices. Unlike other book sites, they make no effort to provide every book that is available or popular because, frankly, much of what is being printed is not worth your time. That means you can get to the good stuff faster. It also means you don't have to worry about being assaulted by the pornographic, heretical, and otherwise faith-insulting materials promoted by the secular book vendors. Browse the pages at ease, shop at your leisure, 
and purchase with confidence at Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. Order online at cvbbs.com. That's cvbbs.com. Or you can order by phone at 1-800-656-0231. That's 1-800-656-0231. Please let our friends at CVBBS know that you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Pastor Nate Pickowitz of Harvest Bible Church in Gilmanton Ironworks, New Hampshire, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I am Pastor Rich Jensen of Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Sule Prince of Oakwood Wesleyan Church in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor John Sampson of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck Volo of New Life Community Church in Kingsville, Maryland, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Steve Herford of Eastport Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Roy Owens Jr. of the Church at Friendship in Hockley, Texas. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. I'm Dr. Tony Costa, Professor of Apologetics and Islam at Toronto Baptist Seminary. I'm thrilled to introduce to you a church where I've been invited to speak and have grown to love. Hope Reform Baptist Church in Quorum, Long Island, New York, pastored by Rich Jensen and Christopher McDowell. It's such a joy to witness and experience fellowship with people of God like the dear saints at Hope Reform Baptist Church in Quorum, who have an intensely passionate desire to continue digging deeper and deeper into the unfathomable riches of Christ in His Holy Word, and to enthusiastically proclaim Christ Jesus the King and his doctrines of sovereign grace in Suffolk County, Long Island, and beyond. I hope you also have the privilege of discovering this precious congregation and receive the blessing of being showered by their love, as I have. For more information on Hope Reform Baptist Church, go to hopereformedli.net. That's hopereformedli.net. Or call 631-696-5711. That's 631-696-5711. Tell the folks at Hope Reform Baptist Church of Quorum, Long Island, New York, that you heard about them from Tony Costa on Iron Sharpens Iron.
Ben Sharpen's Iron Radio, praise God for the generous monthly financial support of Royal Diadem Jewelers, educated by and affiliated with the American Gem Society, Jewelers of America, and the Gemological Institute of America. For the perfect custom-designed engagement ring or any one-of-a-kind piece of jewelry created exactly according to your imagination and specifications, Royal Diadem Jewelers has you covered. No matter where you live in the world, Royal Diadem will walk you step-by-step through every stage of the process and even hold a high-tech internet virtual visit using state-of-the-art jewelry design technology to serve you. They start by listening carefully to determine your needs. They're interested in making what you want, not what they want to sell you. From rough design to digital model, to photorealistic image, to wax prototype model, to the finished product, they're continually listening to your input, likes and dislikes, making any changes necessary along the way. This will ensure that your custom jewellery will turn out exactly as you dreamed and well beyond your expectations. Visit royaldiadem.com. That's royaldiadem.com today. Sterling Vanderwerker, owner of Royal Diadem Jewellers, his wife Bronnie, his business partner and manager Brian Wilson, and the entire family thank you all for listening to, praying for, and supporting the work of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, royaldiadem.com is still offering Iron Sharpens Iron Radio 100% of the profits from any sale to an Iron Sharpens Iron Radio lister valued at $100 or more, whether you're purchasing something already in stock uh, as a piece of jewelry at royaldiadem.com, or you are custom designing a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring, like turning your church logo, your parachurch ministry logo, your denomination logo, your seminary logo, or anything else that your imagination and creativity can conjure up that you want turned into a piece of jewelry, well, royaldiadem.com are the masters that can more than handle the job and exceed your expectations. I've seen firsthand the mastery of their work. Please, I don't know when they are going to pull the plug on this offer, so go to royaldiadem.com as soon as possible and get the ball rolling either on purchasing a piece of jewelry valued $100 or more or having a custom-designed piece of jewelry created so that we can receive 100% of the profits if you mention Iron Trump and Zion Radio. Before I return to A.M. Brewster, I just have a couple of quick announcements. Uh, please, folks, uh, if uh, you love this show and you don't want it to disappear from the airwaves, go to ironsharpensionradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. You can donate instantly with a debit or credit card. If you prefer snail mail, the old-fashioned way, you can also send a check to the physical address that will also appear on your screen when you click support at ironsharpensionradio.com. If you want to advertise with us, as long as whatever it is you are advertising is compatible with what we believe, you don't have to believe identically with me, but it needs to be compatible with what I believe, please send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put advertising in the subject line. Uh, also, please remember, don't give your own church less money than you normally give your church every Lord's Day in order to bless us with a financial gift. Never do that. And if you're really struggling to survive, wait until you are more financially stable and back on your feet 
before you send us a financial gift. The Bible is clear that we must use our finances to support our churches and our families. And while there is no command to support my radio show, if you love the show and you don't want it to disappear and you have extra money uh, far above beyond your ability to uh, provide for your church and family and you really don't want this show to go away, please share some of that wealth with us that you have uh, collecting interest in the bank or that you have for benevolent, recreational, or trivial purposes. Go to ironsharpensignradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate. Now, last but not least, if you are not a member of a biblically sound church, I have lists, extensive lists spanning the globe, and I may be able to help you find a church no matter where on the planet Earth you live. And I've helped many people in our audience find churches sometimes, even within just a couple of minutes from where they live, in all parts of the world. So if that's you, your church uh, you, you are without a church home that is biblically sound. Send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put I need a church in the subject line. That's also the email address where you can send in a question to A.M. Brewster. We are talking about the nature of biblical unity. And uh, Brother Brewster, if you want to bring up uh, the point that you wanted to discuss when we returned from the break. Yeah, I'll do that um, in a minute. I just want to, if someone's just joining us or uh, or they weren't listening earlier, I want to point out that if you go to truthloveparent.com forward slash iron, you can get a bunch of free resources uh, that will help um, build on the topics that we've talked about today, uh, including a link to Chris's and my previous conversation. Uh, a conversation about friendship. That's uh, definitely a part of this bigger concept of unity. Uh, we have articles, we have podcasts, um, we have um, a number of episodes specifically about family unity. Uh, even my notes that I'm using today to talk through this uh, will be on there. Uh, and that's, you know, that's 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 invaluable, really. But the uh, the thing I want everyone to know about is the fact that we have a uh, an online course that we just created called A Family United in God. And it's a nine-part course. Uh, it's uh, it's like one half of a biblical counseling session. It comes with life work for everyone in the family to do together. And it's really focused on helping your family achieve true biblical unity in God. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I've had this, there's been some great reviews of the material. And here's the thing. So uh, this uh, online course is going to cost $50. But right now we're running a special where it's 50% off. It's only $25 to get this course. But if you go to truthloveparent.com forward slash iron and you click on the link there, it will take you to uh, an even further discounted uh, version of this course. Instead of it being $25, you're going to get an additional $15 um, off. It's only going to cost 10 bucks. Just $10 for this online course, specifically for you Iron Sharpens Iron listeners, if you go to truthloveparent.com forward slash iron. Um, and I also say, just I'll throw this in there, part of this bundle, uh, the people who pay the $50 price, uh, they get the online course, but they also get a free complimentary 30-minute um, counseling session with me, or uh, whether it's somewhere in the middle or uh, of their uh, the family going to with it, through it together, or it's at the end when they've all kind of come to the end. Uh, that's just something a uh, special thing that we're doing for a limited time, and that would apply to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners who uh, would like to spend only ten dollars uh, on this particular resource. Uh, the resource is growing and expanding, and it will be changing and and morphing. And if you get locked in, uh, you get to have all those future updates as well. So just want to throw that out there, a wonderful resource uh, specifically in regard to uh, family unity in God that builds off of uh, the book of Ephesians. 
With that said, uh, we were talking about the fact that disagreement, it can be a beautiful thing. It's not um, it's not inherently a sinful thing. In fact, there are some disagreement that is completely appropriate and encouraged in the church. But the reality is that we're also oftentimes so prideful and so egotistical that we think that our our way is the only way, um, and that's just not the case. Uh, that's not uh, that people don't have to live exactly like me to glorify God, and that's a wonderful thing for you guys who um, don't want to live like me. <laughs> but the other point I was going to make is that uh, we need to remember that disagreement is not inherently bad. But we actually need, we're commanded by God to be thankful for disagreements. Man, oh man, does that change the the conversation about biblical unity. Uh, There are people in my church who do not see life the way I do. And it's not in a sinful way. It's just in a different way. And I actually need to be thankful for those disagreements because God intends to use those disagreements to sharpen me, mold me, uh, mature me. Uh, God wants to use even even sinful conflict, okay? So disagreement, that is sin involved in it. Sinful conflict, God wants to work through that situation for my greatest good too. So that I'm not thankful for the, the sin involved in sinful conflict. I am thankful for what God wants to do. So um, just a really important concept is we're considering this idea of this functional unity. So Chris and I and you guys who are listening to this, who are born-again believers, we're unified in Christ because we're redeemed, we have new life, we're submitting to God, we're cooperating together as we seek to imitate Him, we're engaged in discipleship, and we're warring against that which stands against God. We are unified in Christ. That is the foundational thing that God requires of us. Functionally, though, uh, there are going to be degrees of unity. And, uh, and, and that's okay. You don't need to feel angst because you're not, quote-unquote, best friends with everybody in your church. Uh, you don't need to feel um, all angsty because uh, people don't view life uh, and live life the same way you do. That doesn't mean that you're failing in regard to biblical unity. I've been, I've been in too many churches where they were pushing this concept of unity to such a degree that it was almost like any disagreement at all was breaking the unity of the believers. And that is not the case. So um, within the context of this functional unity, I want to bring up a com- a, a, an idea that we've probably all heard before in one degree or another, but it's really important for us to remember. Um, it, it is important that we be unified about what matters and not unified about what doesn't. Uh, and, and we can be unified about the things that, that don't matter. It's just it, it's not as important. When it comes to the commands that are clear biblical mandates, those don't change. Okay, We have to obey them. We're unified around submitting to God. We're unified around imitating Christ and the clear commands. Principles uh, are something that are generally drawn from examples. For example, uh, the Bible says, reprove a wise man and he will love you. This verse doesn't command us to love people who reprove us, but the principle is clear. If I'm a wise person, someone reproves me, I will love them. Now, commands and principles, they come from the Bible, okay? However, everything else that I'm about to list, they're not, all right? When it comes to the commands, um, we have to rightly divide the Word of God. We have to submit to those. So I have a uh, – but maybe I have a conviction, uh, a conviction about uh, something in the Bible. It's a personally held belief that I base on biblical commands, that I base on biblical principles. I have lots of convictions about the clothes that I wear when I go to church, the, the my music preferences, the food that I eat, that are all grounded in what I believe to be biblical commands and biblical principles. Now, the conviction itself is not commanded. Uh, it's not even technically a principle, but I have rooted that conviction in those things. 
Uh, an example, I was having a conversation with somebody, an example of this, one that I don't agree with, okay? Um, God tells us clearly in Ephesians 6-4 not to provoke our kids, right? And I've met a person who, who believes that criticizing their child's weight, uh, how much they weigh, uh, would be provocative and would be uh, against that particular verse. Now, again, that's, a, that's an example of a belief that's extrapolated from a biblical truth in their mind. It's their conviction, um, so that's how... Uh, that's how they what they believe about. Now, again, I don't believe that that's a correct application of Ephesians six four. I have uh, episodes about what Ephesians six four is talking about. So I have a conviction, and in order to live out that conviction in my life, I have a standard. Okay, standards are the rules that we create to help us keep our convictions. So this person who believes that you know it's provocative to uh, to correct their children on their health and, and their weight. Uh, they believe that they should never say anything negative about their children's way. These are standards they have. They only let the doctors handle it, right? Now, again, God doesn't tell us to do this, but someone may feel convicted about it, so they create a standard. Um, by the way, this happens often when we mix our feelings and our personal experiences. Um, you know, people who refuse to speak negatively about their children's weight oftentimes had negative experiences when they were young, people commenting rudely on their weight. Again, I just, I, before I continue, I want you to know that I, I, I don't personally have this conviction. In fact, I have the conviction uh, that it would be very unwise not to be frank with my child about their health. But that's my conviction I've come to using biblical principles. Okay? My personal conviction isn't stated in Scripture either. Okay, So we have commands and we have principles. Beyond that, though, we've got convictions and standards that we put into our lives to keep those convictions. And then there's another category called preferences. These preferences are the things that we believe please God but for which we have no biblical basis at all. For example, I prefer not to shop at Target. That would be a preference. Um, I, there's no biblical basis necessarily for that. I mean, I have I have reasons that I believe are biblical for why I don't do that, but that's it's a preference. Uh, some people like to add uh, the idea of hang-ups, uh, which they kind of say are kind of like the negative version of preferences. These are things that actually become sinful. Uh, there's no biblical basis for it, but we're so hung up on it that it hinders our relationships with others. And that's what we're talking about here. Um, the idea that Unity doesn't need to extend to preferences. It doesn't need to extend to standards. It doesn't need to con- extend to convictions. We need to be unified around God's commands and principles. However, we also have to re- realize the fact that if there is somebody in our church or a family member or a friend who they hold the same convictions we do, they follow the same standards we do, they have the same preferences we do, yeah, there's going to be a stronger relationship with them. There's going to be, um, we could say, greater unity. Now, again, I have lots of friends who don't share these things, um, and we're, we're very close. But the reality of the situation is that the people who eat the same foods I eat and watch the same things I watch and do the same things I do, there is a natural functional unity between us that is beautiful and wonderful. It's nice and it's great, but it's not necessarily the definition of Christian unity. Definition of Christian unity is always going to go back to that foundational unity uh, where God lays out these are the things you must do. Beyond that, you can be unified and be diverse. You can be unified and disagree, and that's okay. And you can just really appreciate uh, the people who you are unified more with in your beliefs. That's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. We shouldn't run from it. We shouldn't be all angsty because we don't have that same unity with everyone in our church. That is okay. It's a really a, a wonderful, beautiful thing, and it shouldn't, we shouldn't be bothered by that, even if these are people in our own homes. My son dresses very differently than I do. It's hilarious. And, and, the, and the hilarious thing is, is that 
to see the two of us, I would probably be the more slovenly one. I would be the one who I work mostly from home, so I'm in jeans and a T-shirt, throw a hoodie on or whatever. My son prefers to wear button-up shirts, right? He just does. Um, He's like the Michael so, Keaton character from uh, that show Family Ties. Maybe I'm dating myself. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's, he dresses up in ways that I oftentimes don't. Um, just by and sitting around the house. I mean, he's homeschooled, right? And he comes out with his like. I, I swear, I wouldn't be surprised me one day to see him come out in a suit and tie just to do homeschooling at home because he prefers that, right? And that is one hundred percent okay. I think you guys see where I'm going with this. The practical application of working this out in our relationships is a lot dicier. Um, but again, um, the the unity that God requires is rooted and grounded in God's word, rightly dividing the word of truth. Beyond that, that functional unity is a spectrum with a lot of beautiful um, relationship possibilities on that spectrum. But we don't have to feel the necessity to agree with everybody and be identical on all of the points. By the way, I meant to say Michael J. Fox's character, not Michael Keaton. Ah, um, uh, yes. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, so I, in regard to everything you said, I'm assuming you think, I don't want to speak ill of my father uh, who passed in 1998, he was a wonderful father in many ways. But when I was a little boy, it may shock our listeners, but I was very underweight uh, as a young boy. I was as skinny as a rail. And my father, uh, to uh, embarrass me at the dinner table, even if there were guests there, to finish the food on my plate, he would call me, hey, Biafran boy, Finish your your food on your plate, and and I don't know if anybody listening that if that word Biafra um, triggers anything. You might be too young, but in the '60s and '70s, Biafra was routinely on the news because uh, there was a famine there, and uh, they were regularly televising uh, images of young children that were very very skinny, skeletal skinny. So my father used to mock me in that way. And I'm assuming you don't agree with that, even though you believe that there's nothing inherently wrong with uh, trying to get a child to eat either more or less and to exercise more, et cetera, et cetera, that you don't believe mockery is appropriate. Uh, of course, and I think that would fall under the clear commands of Scripture. We're supposed to speak the truth in love. We're supposed to... Um, we're supposed to be kind, gentle, compassionate, all those things. So I think that's a, a really important part of what you're saying. So we again, this is sometimes in these, these concepts, we like to conflate things. Uh, is it inherently wrong to to correct my children in their in, in their health choices? Obviously not. I'm their parents, and I've been I've been called to rebuke them in love, uh, but their spiritual choices, same is true of their physical choices. But I need to do that in Christ honoring ways. So. Um, what, what I say to my kids about their health might be um, that that may be a, a, a point of disagreement. So that's fine. But the way I have that conversation needs to be uh, in submission to God's word. Now, there's something very inverse um, in my family. Okay, and uh, I did a, an episode called "Family," you know, joking. You know, is what's what's okay and what's not. 
In my family, I have, since my children were very young, uh, have terms of endearment that most people would not um, consider to be a term of endearment. Um, so, for example, since my son was a little boy, um, uh, I have regularly re- called him a dork. Um, but I don't, I don't, I know it sounds well, so terrible. Well, I, I have something in common with your child. <laughs> there, you go, there you go. I hear that um, all the time about me. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, and we don't have the time to go into it today, but uh, the reality of, of it is, is that uh, it's the, the relationship that we, the person has is going to completely dictate how the, how things are said, right? That's an important uh, truth in relationships. Um, and my son, that term of it has literally been a term of endearment. There is nothing um, that is offensive or bothersome about that at all. I have, uh, I have other things that I, I, I've, I've called my daughter uh, over the years. Actually, her big one is Shorty. She's always been the shortest one. She's actually uh, going to be surpassing my wife here anytime soon. Um, but she'll still be Shorty to us. All right. Um, now, somebody cruel and unkind intending to hurt calls her Shorty. That's going to uh, hit differently, sound different in her ear than a person than, than if I call her Shorty, if her brother calls her Shorty. So um, the reality that, that, that I'm trying to point to here is that no, we obviously have to all of the time obey God's commands. We're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to be loving. Um, we're supposed to be encouraging and uplifting. And it just so happens that within the Brewster household, uh, my son can be loved and encouraged and built up by, by being called a dork. And that might surprise, like that might confuse you and you might think I'm a, I'm a terrible person, but I, I guarantee you there are things that your friends say to you and there are things um, that I wouldn't prefer. Um, that that wouldn't be something I would want. And that's, again, the, the beautiful differences between us that doesn't steal from our unity in Christ, uh, but just makes it more varied. And we have an anonymous listener. The anonymous listener says, I have heard a slogan, and I was wondering if you agree with it. The slogan is, if you find a church where everyone is in complete agreement with one another you have found yourself a cult do you think that that is a fair assessment of that saying yes and no only because um you know those little slogans those little sayings are intentionally uh, general and it's kind of like the the phrase let go and let god uh, depending on how you interpret that, that can be biblically accurate, and it could also be biblically false. Right? Yeah, yeah, pull up yourself by your own bootstraps. In the realm of theology, it's heresy. In the realm yep. of getting a job or something, it's completely appropriate. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, I think that if you find a church where you guys are agreeing on the foundational unity, you're agreeing on the fundamentals on the faith, you're agreeing on the commands of Scripture and the principles of Scripture, you have found a beautiful thing uh, sticking that church. If you have found something where there is a demand on everyone that they be identical in their convictions and their standards and their preferences, then yeah, I'd say, whoa, uh, that the people who are leading that church, the people who are in that church are pushing for something that is not biblical, and that is very dangerous. That could be considered cultic for sure. Yes. Uh, in fact, I, I have been insulted at times. People know that uh, one of my dearest friends is Dr. James R. White of Alpha and Omega Ministries. And they have falsely claimed that I worship him as an idol and that I agree with everything that he says. That's not true at all. We disagree over whether or not I am saved. So there's one disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Wow. But I'm just kidding. But I do have healthy disagreements with him. I don't have a lot, but 
And I have healthy disagreements with the elders in my own church. I don't have a lot. I don't have significant disagreements. But it would be kind of freaky if anybody, if I asked somebody, do you agree with uh, everything your church teaches and practices? And they said, every single thing I agree with, yes. That would get me a little unnerved uh, if there wasn't any kind of healthy disagreement. It would make me wonder if the person is truly Berean and testing the scriptures and so on. But uh, that's just my two two cents in there. Yeah. And when I hear something like that, I, I, I actually think to myself, whether they realize it or not, they're not telling the truth. Because I'm sure if I listen to even one uh, sermon from their pastor and then watch their daily life, uh, they're not living it out perfectly. And they're not living it out perfectly because in that moment, they decide to do something different. They're disagreeing on what's the best course of action. And that's what the, the foundation of sin is. Thank you, Anonymous. If you're a first-time questioner, Give me your full name and mailing address because you have won a free New American Standard Bible. Compliments of the publishers of the NASB who always provide our first-time questioners with a free Bible. Uh, what else, before we go to our final break, would you like to uh, state uninterrupted for several minutes before we have to go to that break? Well, first of all, I am A.M. Brewster, and the New American Standard Bible is my Bible of choice. So I just want to. Well, we have to have you record uh, something for a future ad. Yeah, totally. Uh, Well, hopefully over the weekend you could do that. But anyway, uh, go ahead. Uh, What else did you have to say? (laughs) This idea of uh, we, we've talked a lot about how it's OK to disagree, and that's totally true in this dysfunctional unity. I do want to go back to the concept of uh, one of the requirements of our foundational unity is a requirement of war. We're not warring against flesh and blood. We, we war against ideas. We war against sin. We war against Satan and this world system. But we have to be warring. We cannot be unified in Christ and accept that and lean into that which he hates. And my friends, it's easy when I say things like this to be picturing uh, abortionists and the people who are encouraging transgenderism and all of the things that we disagree with. And you're like, yes, we need to stand against those things. But my friends, listen very carefully. I am saying to you as a brother in Christ, as a Christian, I am a sinner. I do things I should not do. Okay? Those things are sinful before God. Those are the things against which I should be warring. We all need to recognize if we're going to be unified with Christ and unified with each other, we need to be fighting that fleshly lust in ourselves. I love in James chapter 5, it it shows both sides of this conversation. It shows the man who recognizes that he's spiritually weak and that he needs some help and he's calling uh, people to come into his life and to help him. Uh, The very last two verses of James chapter 5 talks about if anyone's straying from the truth, we turn that one back okay, from the error of his ways. But in the middle of all that, it says that we need to be uh, confessing our sins to one another. Not like someone confesses to a priest, um, but we're looking for accountability. We're looking for help. We're humble enough to say, this is the sin struggle in my life, and I need to war against that. I can't be unified in Christ with you, uh, and I can't be unified with Christ the way I should be if I'm not submitting to the clear commands and principles in scriptures. And so oftentimes when we talk about unity, we're really focused outward, being unified with other people, or really other people being unified with us. But the reality is, we first and foremost need to be dealing with whether or not we're unified in Christ the way we should be. And let me tell you, help you out here, you're not. You're not because you're not perfect. You have sin in your life that you need to be warring against as you strive to be unified with God and with his people. And I have the exact same responsibility on me. 
Hi, this is John Sampson, pastor of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, taking a moment of your day to talk about Chris Arnzen and the Iron Sharpens Iron podcast. I consider Chris a true friend and a man of high integrity. He's a skilled interviewer who's not afraid to ask the big penetrating questions while always defending the key doctrines of the Christian faith. I've always been happy to point people to this podcast knowing it's one of the very few safe places on the internet where folk won't be led astray. I believe this podcast needs to be heard far and wide. This is a day of great spiritual compromise, and yet God has raised Chris up for just such a time. And knowing this, it's up to us as members of the body of Christ to stand with such a ministry in prayer and in finances. I'm pleased to do so, and would like to ask you to prayerfully consider joining me in supporting Iron Sharpens Iron financially. Would you consider sending either a one-time gift or even becoming a regular monthly partner with this ministry? I know it would be a huge encouragement to Chris if you would. All the details can be found at ironsharpensironradio.com where you can click support. That's ironsharpensironradio.com. Great. Well, we're going to that final break. If you have a question, send it immediately before we run out of time. ChrisArnson at gmail.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with A.M. Brewster after these messages from our sponsors. James White of Alpha Omega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. McLaughlin, president of the SecureCom Group, and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, 
and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Armson's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com The Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. That's right, TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. Check out the vast array of all-natural, handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Arnson and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to the standardbeardcare.com, where the standard is the standard. Dr. Joseph Piper, President Emeritus and Professor of Systematic and Applied Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Every Christian who's serious about the Reformed faith and the Westminster Standards should have and use the eight-volume commentary on the theology and ethics of the Westminster Larger Catechism titled Authentic Christianity by Dr. Joseph Moorcraft. It is much more than an exposition of the Larger Catechism. It is a thoroughly researched work 
utilizes biblical exegesis as well as historical and systematic theology. Dr. Moorcraft is pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, and I urge everyone looking for a biblically faithful church in that area to visit that fine congregation. For details on the eight-volume commentary, go to westminstercommentary.com, westminstercommentary.com. For details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com, heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Please tell Dr. Moorcraft and the saints at Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, that Dr. Joseph Piper of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary sent you. Hello, my name is Anthony Uvino, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Reform Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and also the host of the ReformRookie.com website. I want you to know that if you enjoy listening to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show like I do, you can now find it on the Apple's iTunes app by typing Iron Sharpens Iron Radio in the search bar. You no longer have to worry about missing a show or a special guest because you're in your car or still at work. Just subscribe on the iTunes app and listen to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show at any time, day or night. Please be sure to also give it a good review and pass it along to anyone who would benefit from the teaching and the many solidly reformed guests that Chris Arnson has on the show. Truth is so hard to come by these days, so don't waste your time with fluff or fake news. Subscribe to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio podcast right now. And while you're at it, you can also sign up for the ReformRookie.com podcast and visit our website and the YouTube page. We are dedicated to teaching Christian theology from a Reformed Baptist perspective to beginners in the faith as well as seasoned believers. From Keech's Catechism and the Doctrines of Grace to the Olivet Discourse and the Book of Leviticus, the Reform Rookie Podcast and YouTube channel is sure to have something to offer everyone seeking biblical truth. And finally, if you're looking to worship in a Reformed church that holds to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, please join us at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, New York. Again, I'm Pastor Anthony Avenio, and thanks for listening. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnzen is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission? To foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark, and the Tower of Babel, and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums, and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. 
You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award-winning podcast, I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com. such a blessing to hear from Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners from all over the world. Here's Joe Riley, a listener in Ireland who wants you to know about a guest on the show he really loves hearing interviewed, Dr. Joe Moorcraft. I'm Joe Riley, a faithful Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener here in Atoy in County Kildare, Ireland. Going back to 2005, one of my very favorite guests on Iron Sharpens Iron is Dr. Joe Moorcraft. If you've been blessed by Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, Dr. Moorcraft and Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, are largely to thank since they are one of the program's largest financial supporters. Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming is in Forsyth County, a part of the Atlanta metropolitan area. Heritage is a thoroughly biblical church, unwaveringly committed to Westminster standards, and Dr. Joe Moorcraft is the author of an eight-volume commentary on the larger catechism. Heritage is a member of the Hanover Presbytery, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and tracing its roots and heritage back to the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Heritage maintains and follows the biblical truth and principles proclaimed by the reformers, scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, and God's glory alone. Their primary goal is the worship of the triune God that continues in eternity. For more details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com that's heritagepresbyterianchurch.com or call 678-954-7831 that's 678-954-7831 if you visit tell them Joe Riley an Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener from a toy in County Kildare, Ireland sent you near retirement or thinking about retiring, you probably have questions. How do you make your savings last? How much should you take out and when? You're ready for retirement, but are your finances? Art Amundsen and Edward Jones Financial Advisor can help you build a strategy to help make sure your finances keep up with your long-term needs. Do what it takes to get there. Now it's time to make the most of retirement. 
Visit edwardjones.com. That's edwardjones.com. Or call 717-258-4688. 717-258-4688. We here at Iron Sharpens Iron Radio are forever grateful for the generous financial support of Art Amundsen, Edward Jones Financial Advisor in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Call 717-258-4688 today. I'm Buzz Taylor. Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio has had a long-time partnership with our friends at CVBBS, which stands for Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. They specialize in supplying Reformed and Puritan books and Bibles at discount prices that make them affordable for everyone. CVBBS has been a family-owned book service since 1987, operating out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They seek to bring you the best available Christian books and Bibles at the best possible prices. Unlike other book sites, they make no effort to provide every book that is available or popular because, frankly, much of what is being printed is not worth your time. That means you can get to the good stuff faster. It also means you don't have to worry about being assaulted by the pornographic, heretical, and otherwise faith-insulting materials promoted by the secular book vendors. Browse the pages at ease, shop at your leisure, and purchase with confidence at Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. Order online at cvbbs.com. That's cvbbs.com. Or you can order by phone at 1-800-656-0231. That's 1-800-656-0231. Please let our friends at CVBBS know that you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joe Moorcraft, pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church in Cumming, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Anthony Uvino, founder of the ReformRookie.com and co-founder of New York Apologetics, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tim Bushong of Syracuse Baptist Church in Syracuse, Indiana, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Eli Ayala, founder of Revealed Apologetics and staff member with the Historical Bible Society, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Josh Miller of Grace Bible Fellowship Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Joe Bianchi, president of Calvary Press Publishing in Greenville, South Carolina. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jake Korn of Switzerland Community Church in Switzerland, Florida. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order.
Aaron, I'll give you a quick question from a listener who is anonymous. When should we separate from a church if we are in disagreement with the elders if it is not a salvific issue? Wow, deep question. Um, The beauty of living in America is that we do have choices, right? And I'm not going to say that it's inappropriate to uh, to align with a church that you can unify with the most, uh, not only on the foundational concepts but the functional ones. Something inherently wrong with that. However, I will say though that I don't know your heart, um, but I have uh, interacted with a lot of people who just like to escape discomfort. They don't want to do the hard work of uh, corporate. Uh, sanctification. They don't want to rebuke and refute each other in Christ the way he calls us to in the one another's. Uh, So sometimes we just like to pull ourselves out of uncomfortable situations just because so we can avoid that. I would say that would definitely be a wrong recourse. I would say hopefully you've spoken with your elders. Hopefully you've talked about this. Um, Hopefully if you choose to leave over it, the issue is big enough and important enough to you that it's closer to um, the principles and convictions side of the spectrum versus just the preferences uh, side of the spectrum. Um, Again, uh, I I don't know your heart. I believe that it's possible to do that in a Christ-honoring way. But I also like to encourage people to uh, to do the hard work to reconcile, uh, to agree to disagree where it's okay to disagree, and to not allow that to come uh, and break up the Christian unity we're supposed to have. Well, if you could conclude the program with several minutes of your summary of what you most want etched in the hearts and minds of our listeners today. Well, definitely uh, visit truthloveparent.com forward slash iron to get uh, to, to study this some more, but also to get an amazing $40 discount off of our Family United in God online course. I hope you guys definitely will do that. You can order one for yourself. You can order one for a friend. Um, please check that out. The reality of the situation, Chris, is that we are commanded by God to be unified to him to be unified with those who are unified to him, and to stand against those and those people and those things that are not uh, unified uh, with him. That is a clear thing. Now, again, um, we want people to be unified with Christ, and so we don't don't just um, hate people because they're unsaved. That's not the point, but the reality is we're not truly unified with unbelievers. We can't be. Um, because true unity requires that we be born again, submitting to God, cooperating together in corporate sanctification as we imitate Christ and war against uh, the sin, uh, sin in the flesh. But also, please recognize that um, you're never going to—true Christ-honoring unity is not requiring all of us to be identical. Stop pursuing that. You're never going to achieve it. Uh, and these shallow concepts of Christian unity, that's an all-or-nothing thing, or that being united in Christ means things that it doesn't mean are unhelpful, uh, they're, they're damaging, uh, get rid of those things. Uh, unite where God says unite, and recognize the beauty of diversity when he doesn't. And then realize that uh, when there is that, that spectrum of unity where there are some people in your church you're closer with. I mean, we know that Jesus had his hundreds, he had his twelve, he had his three, and he had his one. And we see in Scripture that he had different relationships with them. Now, Jesus, obviously, I think, um, you know, is, we talked about his ability to be unified with people, uh, very different uh, from, from our ability to be unified with people. And yet we see him relating differently uh, with people. And, and within the context of conversation about unity, that 
that's okay for you to feel closer, to be more unified with people who are you have more similarities with, uh, who are specifically more similar with you. And that's completely okay. Don't be afraid of that. Love those relationships, but also don't run away from the people who are different from you in Christ-honoring ways. Disagreement is not a problem uh, if, it's, if it's not a sin issue. In fact, disagreement is being used by God in your life to make him more like you. So don't run from people who are different from you. Um, and embrace those. Have those conversations. Be sharpened by it. Grow in it. And I, I think you will find that this idea of Christian unity is not a, uh, a pharisaical uh, shackling, um, but it's really a, it's a, it's a place for freedom. Well, keep in mind, folks, if you ever want to find out more about uh, Aaron and his ministry, go to truthloveparent.com forward slash iron, truthloveparent.com forward slash iron. And that would also include uh, inviting him to speak at your church uh, or any other kind of event that you would like to have him participate in. And I want to thank you, Aaron. You always do a superb job on this program. I look forward to your next visit to Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Uh, I want to thank everybody who listened, especially those who took the time to write. I want you all to always remember for the rest of your lives that Jesus Christ is a far greater Savior then you are a sinner.